0: Welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. Thanks so much for dropping in on us. We've got a great guest. The automotive industry is kind of at the forefront of the news, it seems. And we've got an expert to talk about. And I owe her an apology because the last time I introduced Jacqueline, I mispronounced her last name is Trope, and it is Tropp. Jacqueline Tropp joins us. She's an award-winning journalist and automotive reporter who deciphers the world of sheet metal for the masses. She divides her time in LA, Detroit, New York, and South Florida. She travels all over the world to get the most insightful automotive news, and she joins us today. Jacqueline, how are you?
1: Good. Thank you for having me back. It's great to be here.
0: Well, Jacqueline, I'm glad you're not in Michigan right now because it's snowing outside. Yikes. Where in the world are you today?
1: I'm in upstate New York. It's cold, but it is not snowing.
0: Okay. Well, don't come to Michigan for a couple (laughs) more weeks. Yeah. So let's just dive right into it. I know you have been just covering a lot of topics. And the story that you've been covering that caught my eye was titled, Yes, Flying Cars Are Coming. Here are seven of them. So a lot of different manufacturers have these type of vehicles coming on. George Jetson is here with us a little bit. Talk a little bit about this story. What got you interested and what did you learn?
1: Well, I definitely learned a lot. It's a really interesting time right now in aviation because there's such an explosion, so to speak, of new technology that's enabling all of these innovations that have been discussed for decades, like flying cars. So we're really seeing a lot of companies in California and around the country and around the world that are seriously tackling these issues like flying cars and drones and EV tolls.
0: And as I looked at the story, and I would invite anyone, it's on the Rob Report, but you can get it through Jacqueline's website. Some of these cars look really, really cool. Tell us about some of the models that maybe are closest to being manufactured and for us being able to have access to.
1: Well, I will preface this by saying it is hard to know which ones will actually come to fruition. We just know what the companies are telling us in terms of their timeline for bringing these vehicles into production. So these are seven different... I wrote about seven different models that are supposedly coming at some point this decade in the next couple of years. And they're all different, but they do have some similarities. They generally are being priced between 150,000 and $300,000. So they're definitely not affordable to the average consumer, but they, some have three wheels, some have four wheels, some seat two people, some seat four people. They have different propulsion systems. So the companies are taking a variety of approaches to solving this issue of urban congestion by putting more people in the sky. What they all have in common is that they have somewhat of a retractable wing, so they convert from a car to an aircraft in mere minutes.
0: What I really noticed in this story too, Jacqueline, is this is a global phenomenon, if you will. Companies from the Netherlands and from Oregon and just all over the world are diving into this.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a global effort. We'll see which companies manage to make it. Regulations, of course, vary by market. So that is a factor in how quickly some of these flying cars can come to fruition.
0: And the first thing I thought about too, Jacqueline, is the FAA is going to have to get involved in this because how are we going to monitor these things to get them off the ground safely to get them back flying them in airspace where do they fly that's another interesting concept that i hope we're thinking about now because it looks like in you know as little as 3 to 5 years these projects could be off the ground literally
1: right exactly and that brings a whole host of challenges like how do you regulate them how do you ensure them do you need a pilot's license and a driver's license but for now The way these companies are planning on complying with FAA regulations is by selling the flying cars as vehicle kits that the owners actually assemble themselves.
0: Biggest challenge that these companies have at really finishing these projects off and getting them to market?
1: (laughs) I mean, there are really so many challenges. It's a very interesting solution to the problem of urban congestion and how to ease traffic in our cities these days but you know who knows what that means the skies might look like so i think that in addition to getting regulatory approval and the whole infrastructure network grounded people need to have a lot of trust that these flying cars will work and that they won't somehow malfunction in the sky.
0: <laughs> We're talking with Jacqueline Trapp, who is an automotive insider. Jacqueline, when we come back, you have the best headline writer because the story I want to talk about is how used French fry oil could power the world's private planes to jet zero emissions. We'll talk about that next. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Welcome back to Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly. This is the Michigan Business Networks. We're talking with automotive insider Jacqueline Tropp. And Jacqueline, I wanna talk to you a little bit about this story. So French fry oil to power the world's private planes. Where in the world did you come up with this story? Tell us about it. Sounds
1: interesting. Well, the headline writer did a great job with that headline, I think. Mm-hmm. Sure. The aviation industry is very similar to the automotive industry in that there's a big push to go emission-free and to go green. So in aviation, there's a global effort to really reduce greenhouse emissions by 2050. And there's a lot of different ways that companies are trying to get there. And one of them, a way that looks pretty promising, is called SAF, that stands for Sustainable Aviation Fuel, and that's fuel made from agricultural waste products like French fry oil that you use instead of jet fuel.
0: And when I read the story, the first thing I thought about is, I wonder just through your travels, Jacqueline, how interested is the world when it comes to going green, saving energy, getting after it the way we appear to be doing it here in the United States?
1: I think that it's very similar around the world as to the way it is here. There's a big push in all of the markets really to go green in all forms of transportation. You might remember the wide-scale protests in Europe last summer about private aviation, private jets. And I think the momentum from those protests are still carried over today really around the world. So there's a lot of public pressure on different aviation companies to find solutions quickly to reduce emissions.
0: Jacqueline, through your travels, there's evidence that the world really isn't ready to go all electric so fast and that whatever we do here in the United States and in Europe really won't put a dent into emissions unless we could get Russia and Canada on board. And that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I just want to get your thoughts on that.
1: It's a packed work effort for sure. I mean, some markets may not be as ready or may not have the governmental support to switch to electric, but others, I think, are more ready than the United States even. like, There's a lot of countries in Southeast Asia that are electrifying their motorcycles so that they have swappable batteries and motorcycles and bikes that don't take gasoline. And that could have a huge impact on those environments because there is such a mass of motorcycle users there. So I think it's interesting to see how it's unfolding in different parts of the world.
0: Jacqueline, I'm curious to get your take because you have so many conversations with automotive manufacturers and manufacturing. There's been a lot of discussion that we don't have the infrastructure, that we don't have the grid, that we don't have the constant materials to build these batteries, that they don't have long enough life. Are we moving too fast in this? The folks you cover, do they think we're moving too fast or is this extra push kind of what we need to really move forward?
1: I don't think that anyone can be moving too fast. There's no too fast right now, because if anything, it's just not fast enough. There's a lot of goals that different governments have set to meet environmental regulations. And I think that the companies that are really racing to put solutions in place will eventually all shake out. It's an exciting time because it's not clear what the solution will be or how it will work. but It's definitely going to get there. I mean, there's no other choice.
0: You know, and Jack, when I talk to a lot of folks who have not really had the opportunity to ride in an electric vehicle, I've been in a smaller Tesla and one of the larger ones. And I tell you, someone who may have been kind of ignorant and maybe not optimistic about it, when I went for a ride in it and when I saw, you know, I'm not a speed demon, I just want to be able to get out in the traffic. I was amazed at the progress that we have made with that technology. And something else that was a little surprising to me, too, was just the quietness of the ride. I think I'm making more of an effort, and I hope the media is in general, and getting folks really interested in this. And I know it's a little maybe not as cost effective as we'd like, but folks got to try it because it's really something else.
1: Oh, the instant torque on these Electric vehicles is amazing, and they're so quiet. I mean, they're clean, they're quiet, and they're fast. So what more can you really want in a car?
0: <laughs> We're talking with Jacqueline Drop, She is an automotive insider. Jacqueline, when we get back, I want to talk a little bit about the World Car Awards and what you saw, what you learned, and what we can look forward to in the automotive industry. We'll do that next. I'm Tony Conley. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Welcome back. Jacqueline Trapp is our Automotive Insider. I'm Tony Conley. This is Media Business. And Jacqueline recently wrote about the World Car Awards. Jacqueline, tell us what are they about? Who won? What can we look forward to? What did you think was the most interesting about those?
1: Well, I've had the honor of serving on the World Car Awards jury for, I think, eight seasons now. So we wrap up our season every April at the New York Auto Show where the winners of the awards are announced. And I can just tell you a little bit about which cars won which awards. Actually, Hyundai won three awards. The Ionic 6, that's a new electric vehicle from Hyundai, won three different awards of our six categories. So I think all of us jurors have been really impressed with what that car can do, and at such an affordable price point,
0: what was the price point?
1: Starting price probably starts around forty thousand, but with options maybe you know, in the mid40s, which is very affordable for an electric vehicle relative to what they used to be.
0: What other awards were given out? What other vehicles that you saw just kind of blew your mind.
1: Well, actually, most of the awards went to EVs, which Mm is a first for the World Car Awards. The Lucid Air, I don't know if you've had the chance to see one on the road, but Mm -hmm. it won our World Luxury Car Award. That one has a 400-mile range, so it's very impressive. It's relatively expensive, of course. But the propulsion system and the drivetrain is just, I think it's superior to any other EV I've driven lately. And then Kia, you know, sister brand to Hyundai, also won an award for an electric vehicle.
0: All right. Now, Jacqueline, if I could get you, if someone said, all right, uh, Tony, I want you to give Jacqueline whatever car she wants. <laughs> love it. Cost is no option. What would you want? What would you drive? Because I know you've probably driven it before.
1: Well, as a daily driver, I mean, I can definitely think of a bunch of cars I'd put in my garage with an unlimited budget. But if I had just one car to drive every day, I really love the Bentley SUV, the Bentley Bentayga. It is so comfortable. It's like you're floating on air. And even on long road trips, you just don't get tired of it.
0: You recently wrote a story, and it's like, wow, oh, she's getting into aviation now. It involved yes. NASA, and there's a new supersonic jet that will have one thing missing. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, there are so many innovations happening in the aviation space right now. So there's a lot of efforts to get hypersonic and supersonic jets underway. There's even, I'm working on a story right now about space balloons, which are these balloons attached to pressurized capsules that actually can take regular tourists to outer space. And apparently those are coming in the next year or two. So transportation is really gaining new heights. We're going a lot farther and a lot higher than we ever have before.
0: Tell us a little bit about that balloon story, what you know so far, I know you're working on it. And I wonder how much would it cost for me to go up into space?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do know that one company, they're called Space Perspective, has announced that they intend to sell seats for $125,000. So not nearly as expensive as a Blue Origin or a Virgin Galactic flight, but not inexpensive either.
0: Jacqueline, if I've learned anything from following you is that it seems like transportation's just going to be transportation. There's not going to be ground or sea or air. It seems like we're getting into this phase where they're all going to be kind of merged and we'll be able to do all the above.
1: Yeah, the boundaries are really blurring. Just in the past few weeks, I've covered everything from amphibious vehicles to flying cars to you know, space balloons to wingsuit that BMW has made. It's a jet propulsion pack where you can, it's a suit that a person puts on and then they can jump off of cliffs and fly. So a flying suit essentially. It's a very interesting time because I think in the back half of this decade, there will be so many more options to get to so many more remote places with so much less pollution than ever before.
0: Jacqueline, you know as well as anyone, we have a challenge here when it comes to automotive and maybe other industries too, with having enough access to chips, and we need the electric battery developed. Just tell us where we are with that, what you know, and are we making some ground in both those areas?
1: I see signs of ground being made in both those areas. Companies are investing billions and billions of dollars to develop new ways to build batteries, to manufacture them, billions of dollars in plants and facilities all around the country where these batteries will be made. And of course, with the Inflation Reduction Act that just passed, there's a lot of dick and carrot incentive for companies to pour a lot of money into figuring out how to make denser, more environmentally friendly, more powerful, longer range batteries. So I think we'll be seeing a lot of breakthroughs in the near future.
0: Jacqueline, final question for you. Are you optimistic about the United States, their role, and even Detroit and their role when it comes to the automotive industry and being one of the world leaders?
1: Definitely. I think I feel more optimistic every day with the news that is unfolding around the world. I think you and I last spoke three months ago, and I remember I felt optimistic then, but In everything that I've seen over the past three months, I would have to say, you know, I feel 10 times more optimistic because so many great minds are coming together to develop so many different solutions. And for the first time in history, the technology is available. I think the public willingness is almost there. I think all of the ingredients are here to really, you know, cut pollution for good.
0: We've been talking with Jacqueline Trop. You can follow her at JacquelineTrop.com. She's on Twitter. When it comes to automotive news, business news, travel, and as we're getting into aviation, Jacqueline covers it all. Jacqueline, I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Can't wait to talk to you again because who knows what will be happening in another few months. Thank you so much. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We'll see you next time.